Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 47th episode of the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we have the quintessential Career Warrior episode. We are going to assist you on your journey to being a better professional by discussing how you can do more in less time, because time really is the most valuable resource you have. And us warriors are all about being smarter in the way that we do things. Perhaps you're like me. You're always saying the statement, I don't have time, I don't have time, and are using it as an excuse as to why you haven't grown your business as much as you wish or have gotten that promotion, or you haven't quit that job you hate. Yes, time seems to be the ultimate constraint, even more than money in many of our cases. It's one of my favorite topics, and this episode just excites me so much. I brought on Dan Lafave, a no-excuse, prepare-for-success coach and mindset engineer. How about that for a title? Since 2012, he's helped professionals cut time in half to boost workplace productivity. Dan has been featured in national publications, including Business Magazine and Success Profiles Magazine. And a fun fact to hammer home the networking theme on this podcast Dan and I actually started our business relationship on LinkedIn, and you can actually follow him on LinkedIn, and he's Dan Lafave. All right, so let's talk time, and let's make your life even more fulfilling with our 47th episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. All right, Dan, how are you doing today? I'm excellent, Chris. Uh, thanks for having me. It's fantastic to have you on here. I was just impressed with your profile and all the things that you've done, and I wanted to kind of hear from you how you got started with career coaching and and uh, working with entrepreneurs and all sorts of professionals. Well, you know, it's uh, I think it started about twenty five years ago, and I was I was studying books like Wayne Dyer, but that that was sort of the the catalyst. And uh, and fortunately, I was able to meet Wayne Dyer twice before he passed uh, a few years ago. But um, that was the catalyst. But the real trigger happened uh, within the past ten years. And um, and the uh, the initiator of that was um, was me being dissatisfied. <laughs> you know, you know how that happens you when you're sure. you know you're 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 not feeling uh, at home in your own body. I was in a corporate job. I was climbing the corporate ladder. I was uh, senior manager. I mean, they're paying me well. I mean, in Canada, they call it the the sunshine zone, I think, or something like that, where where you make yeah. it over a hundred thousand dollars. And then I'm thinking, okay, well, you yeah, know, it doesn't seem so great, but it's okay. <laughs> I could I can survive. <laughs> the sunshine zone. I really like that. I don't know why. Yeah. So you know, their sunshine list or whatever you know, but they actually publish it, so it's it's kind of interesting if you get on the list. It's not maybe the greatest thing, but um, <laughs> so uh, so here's the thing. I mean, I I was uh, I was doing you know, fairly well, you know, my wife could stay home and uh, we had, uh, we had a child, we had another one on the way and, um, uh, you know, she was developing her own practice and business. The thing was, I was, I was pretty dissatisfied, um, in what I was doing because it wasn't challenging me. And uh, I only came to that realization because the company I worked for was quasi government. And, uh, I, I was given free reign. I mean, I was, you know, it was a commercial portfolio. I was making all sorts of revenue for them, tens of millions of dollars. And, uh, Sure. Um, you know, I set up systems and practices, but um, uh, they gave me the opportunity to have parental leave. 
And because uh, it was quasi government, they had paid me almost 100% of my salary, which was, I made more money staying home because I didn't have to commute. But oh, uh, wow. Yeah, that makes sense. So I took it 36 weeks of, you know, basically paid, uh, you know, uh, uh, vacation, if you like, right? So, you know, uh, so during that time, though, I had that, uh, that was the awakening. I had time to relax, sure. look at life, travel. Sure. And man, did I ever realize, I was like, what am I doing? I'm three hours a day and commuting and uh, devoting all this time and attention. I had a boss who'd message me at, you know, 3 a.m. And I'd get up in the morning and message, message him back. And, you know, it was on this treadmill of uh, providing results and, and, uh, and, and managing, you know, people and, and uh, all sorts of revenue. And uh, it just seemed, I don't know, it was boring, you know, if you break it right down to the basics. So, um uh, so I go back to work and I, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, I got to do something. I, you know, there's got to be something else. So I start searching and I start thinking about, you know, maybe a business or something. And a friend of mine suggested to me that I just, you know, she says, what do you want? And I said, I want to be inspired and be with my family. Two biggest things. And she said, uh, say a prayer. I said, okay, I'll, I'll work with you. I did. The next day I get a call from this guy, Ken. Uh, it's my friend's father. He tells me about a business opportunity. And all I could think in the back of my mind was, is this the answer to my prayers? Like, this is kind of uh, (laughs) interesting. But uh, anyway, I just, I said, okay, you know what? I'll follow. And so I did. And, um, uh, but uh, actually I I should back up a little bit, you know, the the, the catalyst to me doing that was, uh, you know, to taking that step was, uh, you know, I, I went from this corporate job, which was really comfortable to getting recruited. I went to another company, smaller company, and I lasted three months and then boom, they killed my income. I got fired. And that was right before Christmas, 2011, you know, just out of the blue. I didn't even see it coming. Just, just curious, almost the most tangential question. I just have to know that did you include that position on your resume, even though it was three months? I know people are asking these questions. (laughs) No, no, I did actually, you know, even by my profile, I've taken all that stuff off. Sure. 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 Yeah. No, I, well, here's the thing. I did not go back to looking for a position in the corporate world. Okay. I never went, never went back and I never will go back. So, so, so resume didn't even yeah. become a, a, a question. It was just whether I put it on my profile or not. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, there's no. I, I love your LinkedIn profile, by the way. I think it really speaks to your target audience, like especially that summary. I think that summary is fantastic. So. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I got fired and then I start searching and, uh, you know, thankfully, I mean, I'm really good with money. So I had money. So I said, okay, sure. I'm going to back off and look at life and, you know, Ken took me on a journey and I devoted six months of my life trying to build a business, which was not a good fit. But guess what? All of that because of a friend giving me a book by Ogmandino, the world's greatest salesman. Uh, he wrote the world's greatest salesman, but he also wrote the 10 scrolls. And that's what the book that I got. And it was about doing a practice every day, reading scroll, these scrolls three times a day, 90 times in a month, 10 months, you know, like yeah. persistence, right? Implanting little phrases like, I will greet this day with love in my heart. I will multiply my value a hundredfold. Like all those little phrases are stuck because I, I said them 90 times, right? So, but that led me to look up Augmentino, which led me to Dave Blanchard. And then guess what? Ken says, come down to Utah for this event. I said, great. I'm heading down there. Dave Blanchard's in Bountiful, Utah. I messaged him, say, can we meet for a coffee? He says, come and stay at my house. I said, I'd love to. I'm bringing a friend from Minnesota. He says, bring him along. <laughs> so no way. I'm just like, okay, this is the you know, universe. I think the universe is nudging me and saying, come. So I said, fine. Um, <sighs> uh, we watched a movie with Nick Nolte. Um, it, it's a, a, a movie about an Olympic athlete and uh, – um, very uh, inspirational movie. But at the end of the movie, you know, I said, Dave, show me where you, 
you do your magic. I watched some of your videos, you know, and, and I, I bought 10 of his books that got some coaching with him. And so uh, he showed me and then he talked with me and, and he kind of, I think he got a sense and he said, you know, Dan, I think you'd make a good coach. And I was like, well, I never thought about that before. He saw something no. in me I didn't see in myself. Right. And, um, I came back home. A friend of mine tells me about Bob Proctor. She's learning Bob Proctor stuff. And I thought, okay, well, let me check that out because I really want to learn. I, I want to invest. I want to learn. I want to grow. And so I buy a bunch of his programs. I spend about $7,000 and I learn, you know, I have no income. Remember? So I'm, I'm like <laughs> just going out on a limb. And uh, so I, I start learning Bob stuff. And she says later on in the conversation, she says, why don't you talk with the te his team? Maybe, you know, you should talk about coaching. And so I get on the phone with one of his team members and he says, let's get Bob on the phone. Again, I'm just like, all right, <laughs> sure. You know, sounds good. I, I, yeah, I see Bob's all over the internet and he's been on Oprah and so on. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, but uh, so they said, get him on the phone. So then two hours later, they got him on the phone and we had a conversation and he said a few things and that really hit me then. It was like, you know what? I need to do something. He's calling me forward. I know he's telling That's me. That's a sign right there. It's like, come on. <laughs> I invested $20,000, had no income. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, yes, you know, because I knew I had to do something. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, a few months later, Bob, well, he said, he said, you know, get started with me, get started with my team, learn my systems, learn my way of uh, yeah. teaching and come and see me. He lives not too far away. He said, come and see me and I'll help you get your business rolling. And uh, he did. He said he'd give us an hour. We were at his house for three hours and, and, um, you know, that started a relationship with Bob learning his yeah. work, what he studied with Napoleon Hill. Cause he's like, he's probably the foremost Napoleon Hill expert <laughs> other he's than Napoleon be. Hill's family or, or the, the foundation. <laughs> I imagine <laughs> he reads it every day. He, it's his Bible. Yeah. Can grow rich is his Bible. So, you yeah. know, I made it mine. I read it 60 times. So wow. <laughs> must have all, all, all the uh, chapters memorized and all like the, the names of the chapters and all that kind of stuff. And that's just amazing. And, and I, I love hearing the stories of our guests because I think a lot of the times our listeners need to hear the different paths that all these people are traveling so in your case we had a really a lot of really good themes there the theme of you know going out there putting yourself out there networking and realizing that the best opportunities don't just come through a job posting i think that's a really big mistake that a lot of people are making so it's just great to hear your story in particular and to hear how you arrived at your your dream job essentially and i think that's that's a great example so well, you have to you have to say yes. I mean, if you're going to ask for something in this world, <laughs> you have to learn to say yes, even if exactly. it's difficult. And that's that's where I'm pretty solid. I can just say yes. I've said yes to over 100, you know, maybe $150,000 in education, learning and courses and masterminds and sure. and I keep saying yes. You know, some of and them are $25,000 and I just I you know, I ask the question, is this good for me? <laughs> yes, okay. Go. Exactly. Move. So Dan, can you tell me why you think it's so hard in 2019 and even beyond 2020 to spend our time wisely. I mean, we talk about saying yes, saying yes, saying no. Um, that's going to be a really big theme I know about this podcast. But why do you think it's so hard in modern day time to spend our time wisely? Well, you know what? I think that, that our world is just becoming a really competitive place. It's overstimulating. Uh, it is. I mean, if you look at the stats, I mean, marketing was not anywhere near where it is today. And I don't go into the city too often, but when I do, I see all these signs. I'm just like, I feel overwhelmed. I'm like, I, I got to sure. stop looking at the side of the road, <laughs> you know? And, and uh, yeah, so it's overstimulating and, you know, con makes concentration uh, so much more difficult and staying focused. Sure. And 
I even, I, you know, I'm sort of a scientist, so I look around at the world and I, I recognize where, you know, people don't even want to look at you in the face anymore because it's like, they're thinking, you know, what are you going to ask me? What do you want? <laughs> are you going to disturb me? You know, I just need some peace and quiet, you know? Yeah. I, f- I feel like I'm almost competing with people's phones actually for attention, like half the time, because it seems to be where everyone's buried. I, I had a conversation actually with someone who we did like a rejection challenge where it was almost like approaching, you know, a bunch of strangers with, you know, questions like these ridiculous questions. And uh, this one, one lady in particular said she had a hard time doing that just because she felt like everyone's heads were in their phones the entire time. That's why I almost wish we could go back to the nineties, like not have to experience that kind of thing. Everyone like, what did you do back in the nineties? You know, we're just stare at the wall or something, you know? Yeah. So, you know, there's a movie that my kids watch and, and I yeah. really got it. There's a movie called Wally and that movie had people staring basically at iPads, not communicating visually and face to face, but talking through electronics and and that was about five six years ago. And man, we are living it. I can just yeah. see it. Now. It's, it's scary in it's a way. Scary, man. Like, we can't even talk to each other anymore. Like why? And so so you think that's like the big distractor? That's that's what's taking people. That's what's a big time suck for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's you know, the, it's not only the electronics, but it's just it's the you know, it's it's the psychological asp- aspects. Sure. We're looking for a dopamine charge. You know, sure. every time we, you know, and, and it's like, you know, what, what can we look at? What's going to excite me? What's going to entertain me? Uh, if, if I could pinpoint the primary problem today, I think it's boredom. Sure. I think people are bored and, and it's odd that we're bored because we're so busy, but yet we're, you know, we're distracted and yet we're bored and we're looking for entertainment all at once, which is a bit confusing. It's like oil and water trying to mix. Right? It just doesn't make any sense, but yeah. here we are. Right. You know, trying, trying to move through life, do our best, enjoy ourselves and, and, and do it without too much confusion, but there's so much confusion coming at us, you know, so it's like, how do we, how do we shut that down? And I said, you know, at the beginning saying yes, got me to where I am, but now I have to say no, say no, you know, we have to learn to say no, that's a boundary. And if we don't create that boundary, then what are we doing? We're on Facebook. We're looking at other people's stuff and commenting on it. And so on, absorbed in that. And, and that's a, that's a, you know, a time suck. Okay. Uh, it can be valuable sometimes, but it's not valuable daily. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it's something I had to do. And I don't know if I've told anyone else on this podcast, this, but maybe it'll help someone. The iPhone, uh, I forgot what update it was, but made it to where you can put a lockdown on your apps after a certain time. And the key is you can't know the password and put a lockdown on yourself. Like you have to give, what I did is I gave my brother the passcode to my phone so he can set what apps I have available. And I don't, I don't find myself with a particular addictive personality, you know, someone who's always on these apps or anything, but I do find myself just constantly having this draw just to go on Facebook, you know, to go scrolls, go on Instagram, um, even the most random apps, um, not not uber i don't know <laughs> like uh the ones that are constantly about giving you those dopamine rushes essentially so i think you're spot on exactly with that's exactly what a problem is with society today a lot of us are finding ourselves with very little time mm-hmm. so. and to add to what you were just saying what yeah. i've done is i've taken every single notification based application, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, any of those, I put them all into one folder, including email. So if I open my phone, I only see one red dot (laughs) and there's no 
no dings, no notifications, no nothing. All I get is text messages and phone calls. And I, and I basically shut all of that down so that I don't get distracted. I can stay focused. And then, uh. I, and then I, I actually select times of the day when I'm going to go in and look at those things and use Beautiful. Them. Yeah. So, That's awesome. It's practice. It's practice. You can't just, you know, say you're going to do it and then, you know, willy nilly, you have to say, I'm going to do this and then get going on it and then, and track it and see how you did for the. Yeah. And we're not, we're not telling everyone here to like delete and never go on these social media apps. I, in fact, I think they have a lot of utility and a lot of purpose. There are some, a lot of events I actually would not go to if I didn't see them posted on Facebook events or things like that. So I actually use Facebook, um, for the social aspect, but like time it, be cognizant of your time, like set a timer on your phone for how long you're going to be on Facebook. And I think you'll be surprised by how quickly that time runs out. So yeah. And uh, it's about prioritization because if you don't yes. prioritize and put other things first, then you find yourself on Facebook. You know, it's like, it's like video games. Uh, years ago, I, I, I sat down to play a video game. It was late at night, uh, at 11 o'clock. Next time I look up the clock, it was 7am. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I got to go to work. <laughs> I didn't even know eight hours just blew by. That's great. <laughs> I didn't even drink anything. Uh, talk about a time warp black hole suck. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, like, are you saying this is – is this what you'd say is the biggest mistake people are making with their time, or is there something else that we're missing here? Well, I, I think it's it's because of the distraction. I think we're just allowing it in. We've uh, we've made it kind of a new normal, and um, uh-huh. and we haven't set boundaries on on what – is priority for us and what, uh, you know, what matters. So it's, it's like, if we're just standing around someplace in line waiting for something, you see it all the time. Uh, or if I go to swimming lessons or something, you know, and I, I see everybody, I actually ask my kids, I say, count everybody in here as we're walking by, how many people are on phones? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know like it's crazy. Everybody. And they're all just sitting there. So it's like, if they got nothing to do, they're on their device. And that's become sort of normal. And that's, that's a distraction. If that's normal, then, you know, what's, what's priority? Do we even know what we're doing, where we're going, what matters? Um, you know, we, we, I don't think people have made that distinction as to what really matters in their life versus, um, you know, what they're investing in. I mean, I call it a mental currency. I mean, if you're investing your thoughts in something, it's going to produce some sort of outcome. So, you know, why, why sit there and look at other people's information? It's like watching yes. television. I just stopped watching television. That's just me. And, <laughs> but, and, but, you know, watching television is an investment in other people. I've actually said to my kids, I said, you know, we're watching that movie, uh, uh, you know, uh, with Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter. And I said, do you know how much he's worth? No, $110 million. And you just invested in him again. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah. you're you're not living your life, but he is. <laughs> so yeah. You're watching him. And, and thank you for alluding to that. And I, I'm a I'm a. You'll see me constantly posting on LinkedIn and Facebook and things like that. But my intent is never to distract people. It's always to offer value and, and things like that. And I think what we're doing here is really good by bringing people's consciousness to it. But there's something really good. I think you alluded to, and I've heard this on another podcast. This actually was the Model Health Show. When you're spending your time on Facebook or looking at something kind of like meaningless, you're not just spending the time itself, but you're, you're spending your energy. Like I believe you have a finite amount of energy in a given moment. And what you're doing is you're giving that resource to something and it's kind of, it has to come from somewhere. It's like that attention switching that comes from it. So for me, I think that's one of the, the biggest things that it not only sucks time, but it sucks energy, which energy is very related, I think, to, to how well your time is spent. Well, and I think energy is willpower. 
And we mm-hmm. only have, we have limited willpower. There's a ton of research on this. And we start off with all okay. the willpower in the world at the beginning of the day. By the end of the day, we're just like, oh man, I got to sit on the couch and surf television. That's how I feel. No, seriously, that's exactly how I feel. Like at six, six, seven o'clock sometimes, it's just like this drain. But yeah, it's it's limited in like, heck, let's move away, move away from all that sucking. So, so the core thing that we're talking about here, which is is that you know, if we're not like most people, don't recognize how they feel on a daily basis. So I think it's critical that we recognize that first. And even yes. at the end of each day, if just a little journal or something, or if you want to use an app, I use Habit Bull. I mean, if you want to, you put it on there, you know feel good today and you just click a yes or a no at the end of the day it's a way to track and see how you're feeling and if you're not finding yourself feeling good and looking forward to the weekend all the time or looking forward to f- eating food or a meal or a restaurant or you know that, that those those are not it's not going to satisfy you and that's a critical distinction as to you know are you living a life that's fulfilling if not sure. then it's about okay well what am i doing that i should stop doing and say no to, because yes. if I don't, I'll stay on this path. I'll be distracted. I'll be busy. And I won't start doing the things that matter because yes. we just, how can you squeeze anything else in? If there's no yeah. time. And, and that's exactly what I want to talk. I feel like we're moving kind of into the core topic here. It's, which is like, what are the steps I need to take if I have this goal and I want to accomplish it in less time? And is that what you're saying? It's like, we need to come up, we need to find out the number of things that we need to stop doing or what if I'm trying to take that first step to start giving myself more time back? Well, exactly. That's, and, and that's what I did in the, in the beginning. And this is what I'm teaching here is that we need yeah. a list of all the things we're doing, all the, the biggest things that we're doing. And, yes. and we have to be honest. I mean, if we're surfing, you know, our phone tells us now we have, you know, I, iPhone tells you how much time you've been on it. So, you know, um, but uh, you know, so, so you can see where you're investing your time and energy and effort and willpower. And so make a list. And then, um, you know, you might, you might sit on it for a while, or if you're really proactive and you just, you just want to go at it right away and say, okay, well, what are, what are these things are really not that valuable that are not really that satisfying and start striking things off. And that's a stop doing list. I mean, it's, you could call it yes. an, an avoided all cost list if you like, yes. you know, and you're going to have to have that list someplace because you'll immediately forget about it. Yes. <laughs> Unless you're really, really persistent and aware, but you know, you make the list and you basically start striking off things like these are just yes. time consumers. These are time suckers, time wasters. And I don't really feel that great after using them. I don't. I don't feel you know that I'm I'm moving through life and feeling good and and uh, living a life of my dreams. Let's say, um, you know. And I wrote a book called Living Life of Your Dreams, <laughs> which talks about that about how you program your life backwards from death backwards. Right. So, um, but you know, the the idea is this: if you don't stop doing, if you don't create a stop doing list and don't make space, then there's no way you can start doing things and, and start moving towards the life that you want to live. I think one thing you did in your article that actually was great was you gave a list of examples of things in your business that you wanted to stop doing. So I don't know if you wanted to enlighten us with a few of those examples, just because I thought they were great. Well, sure. I mean, I, uh, you know, one of the things I learned in being in business uh, many years is to, it's to stop uh, working with, uh, with startups for me, because that's, that's just not where I'm at in my business. Like I can, right. It's not your target. Yeah, I can work with people who are scaling their business and taking to the next level. And, uh, you know, those are the, I mean, that's what I did in corporate. I mean, I would go in and I'd revamp things and get databases installed and so on. And, uh, that was just my, it's it, sort of my, uh, you know, my objective perspective. I, 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 I think I have a really strong one and I can, I can decide what's, you know, what, what is a good move or not. Um, 
so yeah, that that's one of the things I stopped doing. Um, one of the things I alluded to earlier was you know the 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 stopping of the notifications and so on in my phone. I mean, I that was I had it happening for a while, but then I had to you know realize okay, how do you manage this? So sure. yeah, so you know I and and you know I think the the key is uh, it is to stop doing investing energy and time and effort into things that are not going to move the needle on your business. And so I was, you know, you can be very scattered very easily and that's not effective. So I, I researched and studied and, uh, you know, studied book, the 12 week year and other, other uh, practices and really got dialed into, you know, what are my priorities? What is my focus? Um, you know, I need to make space for the things that matter to me. And, um, you know, so even other things, I just stopped, you know, working all the time and actually schedule time, free time, Good space with my family, time and space with my family, put it in my calendar. Uh, even if Good. I don't know for sure, I just put it there and block it and that's it. And then we, st- that's fantastic. I think one I really struggle with personally are emails and I just, just because I get to get been getting so many of them and they come at random times. So, um, one thing that I did, and I want to get your opinion on this. I'm not saying this is the right thing to do, the wrong thing to do, but I blocked out a chunk to a time in the morning to devote just to emails and just like, I'm just devoted to just busting them out. You know, all the ones I received for the last 24 hours, as opposed to just receiving them and responding to them. And I know some professionals are listening to this being like, I have to respond to emails as soon as they get there. But is that really the truth or does it depend on your position? I think it's a matter of perspective. Um, and, and, you know, I'll talk about a client that I had, which is a mortgage broker. And he says that he needs to respond immediately. Otherwise something can go sideways or something. But but I I did say to him, I said, you know, could something wait 30 minutes? Could it wait 45 minutes? Really is that critical that it needs to be responded to immediately? Or can you actually train your clients to indicate which things are urgent or your, you know, the bank or whomever you're communicating with so that you're not constantly checking every single message because it's like changing channels. Your mind is on one track, on one channel. You're looking at something, you're focusing on it. You're using that willpower that you have and that you know you change and yes. you go do something else. Then you switch back. And every time you switch back and forth, willpower goes down. That's it. That's It goes back to the attention switching. Yeah. Sometimes I love emails, but sometimes it's like the worst part of my day. I'm like, I would rather be podcasting or even editing the podcast. But but, um, but to your point, dedicating that time, yes, I absolutely agree. Maybe twice a day, morning, afternoon. Got it. That's it. And if you have to train people in terms of how you respond, uh, and I do, you know, if it's a voice message, it'll say directly on there, I check my messages uh, twice a day, these times, if this is urgent, text me. Now they have to make a decision, Cogn- a cognitive decision. Is this urgent? Because <laughs> <Right? laughs> you know, if they message me something. That's a judgment call right there. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a, I don't know, like a train crashing or something like, I mean, obviously that's urgent, you know, versus, I don't know, looking to, we get, I have people ask me to review their resume all the time. And, um, Sometimes I can see that being urgent for for the most part. It's it's not very urgent, even though I want to respond to it quickly. You're right. It's it's just a judgment call. So that's one of the boundaries, and that's a, about to stop doing and avoid at all costs is not to respond immediately to other people because basically we have an agreement with them after a while that we will respond immediately to their requests, and they get yes. accustomed to that, and then they expect it, and then when you don't, things break down. Right, and and I want to delve into this next question here because i know it's something that a lot of us even we can have all the willpower in the world but saying no has to be one of the toughest things for us i know it is for me or historically it's been for me because you know 
like you, like I like I love saying yes to all those opportunities, but I don't think you're trying to highlight here, say yes to every possible thing. I think you're trying to say highlight you're trying to highlight, say yes to the things that are going to propel you forward in your career, like saying yes to those types of opportunities and being cognizant of those. I mean, you know, just as much as I do, that saying no is a really important skill to have. But for those people who don't yet have that skill, how would you say, like, what's that first step to start exercising it? Just test it, use it, you know, try it today. You know, even, even if it feels really uncomfortable and some, you know, I'm saying, say no, it is without without a reason, (laughs) like, you know, (laughs) without without a reason, just no, no, you know, and, and I do it once in a while, like, especially if something comes across my plate and, and sometimes I might, you know, put a little bit of language just to justify it. I'll say, this sounds like it's all about you and nothing to do with me. So no. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's selfish, but selfish in a good way. It's like, you know what? I don't don't have the time to invest in what you're talking about or offering. And so, but it's a boundary. And and again, it's the question of if I say yes to this, it's an investment of my time, energy, and effort. And is it going to move the needle in my life, in my business? You know, I, I measure my life based on my relationships, my health, and my career. And if it doesn't move the needle on each one of those things and on specific areas, then I just say no. And, uh, and, and, you know, that, that's the way I handle it, but yeah, just getting in the practice of saying no, uh, without even a reason, you know, if somebody comes along and says, I mean, think about it. If somebody came along on the street and said to you, they hand you a flyer and said, Hey, got this great deal. 29.95. It's great. It's only here right now. Cash only. You say no in a second. Yeah. Right. It's because you don't know them, <laughs> but, but when it's people you do know, you feel a little more compelled to say yes, or you start wondering, oh, this is, this is a good move or not. I mean, if you know your priorities and you look, you know, let's say you're sitting at your desk and you look at your priorities and you say, okay, these are my priorities. This is the question coming across. This is the request. Hmm, does it fit in these categories? No. Okay. That's a no. Sometimes it's not even a, a response. No, it's right. just, delete. And, and so like, I think it was uh, two episodes, I brought on Alex Grodnick. And it, it was almost like the antith. It was like the opposite of this. It's like we had to go go out and practice receiving no's. So I know a lot of job seekers are afraid of that rejection. It does go the exact opposite way. We have to go out and practice giving those no's just as much. And the, the, the thing that we called it during the episode, and I think this already was a term, but it was rejection therapy, which basically highlights the fact that the best way to actually do something and actually get that skill is to, to expose yourself to it in a way that exposure therapy would would do the same thing. So I, I don't think that this is something that you can just hear in a podcast and be like, okay, that's great. I have that skill now. It's like, no, this is something that you have to hear from this podcast and go out and practice like this week. So yeah, put it in an application. I mean, it, like you yeah. were saying, it, it becomes a mental muscle. Yes. Be able to say no as easy as you say yes. And, yeah. and, and, and it seems like, I don't know, I, I think North America is, is all on this yes path, which is <laughs> yes, yes. We seem to <laughs> say yes to almost everything. And we, we've got to start saying no because yeah. we don't have space. I mean, there's, there's something called, you know, it's called the vacuum law of prosperity, but just take the idea of the vacuum. A vacuum only has so much space. And if you don't make space, then you cannot possibly fit anything else in. So if your closet is full of clothes and you're saying, I want some new clothes, well, then you better get rid of some old stuff or else things are going to stack up and look really messy. So you get rid of some old, you make space for new. It's the same thing with the mind, same thing with our lives. And we have to, we have to start somewhere. So 
you know, these little no's can start building up. And I look at it this way. I actually meet people all the time and, you know, they might be curious about what I do and how I can help them and so on. But I'm actually looking for ways to say no. I'm looking for ways to disqualify them first instead of saying yes, because I, I, I really want to know that they're actually going to do the work that is required to get okay. this because it gives me a testimony on a recommendation, which is the only thing I really care about. Good. So, yeah. Raising your standards, I'm sure, like in a, a very good way. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, Dan, perfect. I want to make sure we have enough time to talk about how we can find out more about this topic, just because I think it's interesting. I know we have a you have a great resource. It's that article. Uh, but first, if you can give one piece of advice to every business owner or job seeker on what they should do to be successful, what would that be? It's on the topic that we're talking about. I think we just we need to have real clarity on what we're doing, where we're going. And and I alluded to earlier. I wrote a book. It's it's more like a guide, but I I just felt compelled to write it because it's like the world is suffering. <laughs> so I'm yeah. just, you know, this book is called living life, your dreams. And it's all about stopping, you know, the insanity. It's how to stop working insane hours and start living an awesome life. That's the subtitle. And so, you know, it's about living your life backwards. So you basically say, you know, if I was to be remembered by my family, my friends, my colleagues, the most important people in my life, what would that look like? And that gets us really clear on where we're going. And that way we can actually, you know, go back in time from, from the end, which is our death, you know, and this is, this is born from the E-myth. That's where, you know, I, I got this concept from, but um, I applied my own principles, which is faith, family, friends, fitness, and finances in that order. If you like, you know, a, a value system. I actually love that. Those categories speak to me like no other. So thank you. But the only problem is I say in that order. So it's like put finances at the end and we know what everybody's doing. They're going after money. And yeah. uh, so anyway, that, that's another topic, but the idea is this not to be, you know, living our life willy-nilly, uh, just, you know, just going through the motions and letting things happen more, taking more of a responsibility position and saying, okay, this is how I want to live my life. And then measuring it like every week, check in, how did I move the needle on how I want to be remembered by my friends or my family or my colleagues or my followers or my clients? How do I want to be remembered? And then taking note of that. And guess what? That's tracking metrics. And you know how that works. I mean, sports works on metrics, right? I mean, if we didn't keep sure. track of score, <laughs> you know, who'd be playing in the NBA playoffs now? The Raptors. And, and <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I, I, it's very unrelated, but I am... I don't want anyone to hate me, but I'm going for the Toronto Raptors. I am going win that championship. And that's because Kawhi is a San Antonio Spur. And so same with Danny Green. But I, I want to see the Warriors. <laughs> I'm really impartial, but you know, it is kind of fun to watch. <laughs> but so the point is this, keeping score. So if we keep score of where we're going in our life, then we won't get to the end. Because you know what? The number one regret for people in hospice is that they did not take the risks and do the things they wanted to that's out of the five top things they did not do that and why because they didn't even have a target and so that's why i'm saying have a target know how you want to be remembered and that gets you thinking how am i going to act what am i going to do what am i going to invest my mental currency my time my energy my effort into you know and then it then it doesn't become like i have unlimited time it's like i don't know how much time i have right know? so that's a prioritization. And then, of course, it comes back to having boundaries. And you start establishing boundaries that are going to move you towards this end goal of, yeah, I got to the end of my life. I feel good. I did everything I needed to do that I thought I should. And I'm being remembered by these people. My legacy is going to outlive me. 
Well, Dan LaFave, you've been an excellent guest and such a great way to put a cap on it. That was my favorite part of the podcast. I'm going to repeat it. I know myself when I'm listening to it in the editing process. So can't thank you enough for joining us here on the Career Warrior Podcast. So I got to ask, how can people find out more about you? And I know we talked about that link to the article you talked about, but is how do we find out more about you, essentially? Well, that that's the greatest gift that I can give. And and it, it's, you know, they can look more at my website. You can see more about my website when you go there. But the article is at danlefave.com forward slash save time now. And, um, you know, that, you know, that alone, I think is going to be an asset that if you print that off, and you start putting those seven principles, or seven, seven habits to save time, and yeah. It's how to succeed in half the time so that you can take your business to the next level. And even beyond that is how to uh, have precious moments with your family because that's, that's really important to me. If you don't have family, you know, you don't have like children and so on or a wife but, or a spouse, you know, the, the, the point is this, you want to, uh, you, you want to have precious moments to be the, to look back on because yes. most people look forward in life, but at some point they start looking back and they want to, if you don't have memories to look back upon, I mean, that's going to be a tough meal to fight. <laughs> you know, it's going to be, it's going to be, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, you're going to feel dissatisfied and then you're going to go buy a motorbike and a boat. And, you, know, you know how that works. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, to try to fill that void, but it, you know, you can build your life. You can design it. Don't, you know, I say life is not happening to you. It's responding to you. And if life is responding, then let's go and make it happen. You let's know, do it. People out there to follow. Let's just, <laughs> let's just go and do, you know, do a little bit of practice, follow what they're doing, making, you know, taking charge. And uh, it, it doesn't take much, but it takes, it takes a little bit of motivation and a little bit of practice. And yes. once you get into motion, it becomes habit. And then man, you, you've, you've got willpower then you've got more time. You bought yourself some willpower, right? And, and one of the perks of being the host of this podcast is I feel inspired every time I walk out of these podcasts. So you're, you've been amazing, man. It's, it's, um, I'm going to go like, I want to actually start practicing cause I, I need to journal and be more cognizant of these things and goal setting like a lot more often than I do. But, um, this week I'm going to take the initiative myself. And, uh, so Dan actually mentioned the, a link to that, um, that where you can go and download that. So what I'll do is I will go ahead and drop that in the description. So don't feel like you have to memorize it or anything, or if you're driving or anything like that, you can come back to it on the description link there. So, uh, fantastic. And also mentioned that you can follow Dan on LinkedIn too. I know you have a fantastic following and you're always, you know, posting. And, um, so if you want to keep up with Dan and see when seeing what he's up to, he's Dan Lefave. That's D A N L E F A V E. All right. So this concludes the 47th episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. So many good key takeaways here. And I want to assign every single person out there listening to this podcast to say no to something that is not going to further their career in some sort of way. I'm not saying to go out there and be very, I don't know, Machiavellian and say, oh, say no to everything that doesn't you know, please you. But there are things I promise you that you should be saying no to that you don't. So find that one thing this week and go out and say no to somebody. So the rejection therapy almost for saying no. All right, warriors, you have been tasked. And this concludes the episode. And I'm looking forward to seeing you next week. And for more on your job search, make sure to check out letseatgrandma.com. That's where you can find our blog, where we post the podcast show notes and so many more articles that will help you in your job search. 
You can also check out our resume services if you are interested in getting your resume professionally reworked. And please make sure to show us some love by jumping onto iTunes and leaving us a rating. The support from my fellow warriors will show the world how great this podcast is and help other people in their job search. Pay it forward. Thanks, guys, for being true warriors, and thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next week.